Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Who's really protecting your money, right? The FDIC. What is that even really impart? Like, what is that? And then it's like the limit is 250. There's been talks that they could potentially raise the limit higher. Um, what about the limits for investing? That's through SIPC. Mm-hmm. Is that the same? Will that be raised? Just can you just kind of make sense of the protection aspect of it from an investing and, and banking side? Yeah, and we're getting this question every single day on Investopedia, as you can imagine, because people are really worried about their money. Yeah, they're worried about their money in the market, but they're worried about their money money, right? Their bags of cash in the bank, that's supposed to be safe. So most banks are insured by what we call the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. This was formed after the Great Depression, after the big bank runs of the 1930s to protect investors or savers, I should say, customers. And they've raised the limit over time because we've had Mm -hmm. more money to put in the bank. And that limit is $250,000. And that is per individual. If you're married and have a joint account, $500,000. That is your money in the bank that is insured. If your bank goes out of business, you're going to get that money back within a few days once the FDIC takes over that bank, right? Now, with Silicon Valley Bank and with Signature Bank, the two banks that failed, the FDIC 
the Treasury and the Federal Reserve decided to take extraordinary measures and consider them systemically important banks, and they raised the deposit insurance to make it unlimited for all depositors. So if you had money in those banks, those banks were taken over, you're getting all of your money back one way or the other. Have they made that blanket raise for all banks? Absolutely not. Can they? Not exactly, and I'll explain why in a second, but that's the FDIC. That is its own branch of the government. It has funds, an insurance fund that it pays out people whose bank goes under that banks can been contributing to for years. I think there's over $100 billion in that account right now, but they can always take in more. So that's on the banking side. On the investing side, if you have a brokerage account, pick your broker, I don't care which, and your broker gets taken over or goes under or gets seized by a regulator, it's the SIPC that guarantees your money. $250,000 per individual, $500,000 per couple. That doesn't mean they protect you against making bad investments. That doesn't mean they protect you against taking bad advice. That doesn't mean they protect you against buying products that go under. That means they protect you if your broker goes under. So it's very important that you understand the distinction between those two agencies and what they protect. So we, we saw the collapse of some banks, right? We saw a signature, SVB. A lot of us remember 2008 um, and are getting worried, right? So can you explain the difference between what happened in 2008 and what we're seeing now with some of the regional banks? I know they had a rebound today and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but the, the, the difference between the two scenarios in 2008 and now in 2023, what, what's happening? Yeah. So in 2007, 2008, banks were over leveraged. They had bought too many mortgage-backed securities. They assumed like a lot of people did, that the housing market in the United States was just going to keep rolling and keep going higher and higher. And they gave credit out, a lot of lenders, to people that weren't worthy of getting that credit. So when the economy hit the skids and we started to go into a recession, people were getting foreclosed on their homes. They realized that all these people they had loaned money to were not really of good credit, but banks had loaded up on this credit on these mortgage-backed securities, and they started to fail as people were not able to pay their mortgages. And that was a liquidity crisis where banks all of a sudden didn't have money to pay back their depositors. They didn't have money to pay lenders. They didn't have money coming in, and they weren't lending money to each other. And some of the biggest banks out there, you were talking about mistakes you made, Ian. I'm the guy who invested Mm -hmm. in Lehman Brothers at 80, at 50, at 30, at 20, at 10, and finally at 2. I lost a lot of money and I don't trade the, can, we, that. can we give a comparison at the time? Lehman was like Goldman or like Lehman was, Lehman was up a 110 year old bank yeah. that was way over leveraged and the Federal Reserve yeah. decided to just let it go. Now there's another yeah. bank called Bear Stearns that was equally as leveraged. These were multi-trillion dollar banks. Now they engineered a sale of Bear Stearns to another bank and that bank was, was that um, JP Morgan? I think was it JP? Yeah, I think it was JP. The JP yeah. Morgan for two bucks yeah. a share. So they saved that bank. So these were the biggest banks in the world that were going under and having what we call a liquidity crisis. They could not borrow money and they were not lending money to each other. So the Federal Reserve, the Treasury and the FDIC saw what was happening with Silicon Valley Bank and whether they should have seen that months ago, we could talk about, but they saw the fact that they were not able to pay back their depositors and that they Mm -hmm. deemed them, even though they're only the 16th biggest bank in the country, systemically important. If they couldn't pay anybody back and other banks wouldn't lend to them, Banks wouldn't loan to each other, and we would get into a liquidity crisis like we saw in 2008. Now, the biggest difference is that after 2008, 2009, there was a lot of tough regulations put in place. The big one's the Dodd-Frank Regulation Act that made banks have to hold a certain amount of capital reserves in case 
their creditors or their depositors came for their money. And that for the biggest banks, the 20 biggest banks has to be a certain percentage of all deposits and assets on hand. So they're in much stronger shape than they used to be, even though the Trump administration rolled back some of those laws, most of them mm -hmm. are still in place. So the reserves these banks hold are huge right now. And there's about $17.5 trillion in US banks right now. The run we had out at Silicon Valley Bank and the little one we had at Signature Bank was not that big in comparison. There was only 180 billion dollars in deposits. We're talking about a banking system that's almost 18 trillion dollars. Perhaps a good question about what do you, what are the differences that you saw between 2008 and 2023? But what similarities do you see like in the mismanagement of risk profiles from mortgage-backed securities in 2008 and like the venture capital debt bubble and banking? What parallels do you see that you see like we're making the same mistakes in a cycle? Great question. So we always say the Federal Reserve raises interest rate until something breaks. Well, something broke. That mm, was the balance yeah. sheets of a lot of banks, a lot of regional banks. Why? What do regional banks do with your money? What do banks in general do with our money? They loan it out to one another, but they keep a lot of those deposits in government-backed securities, U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Why? Those are supposedly the safest investments on planet Earth, maybe in the whole solar system, because the U.S. government, even though it has an enormous debt, usually pays off its debt little by little. So they're safe. But- when the Federal Reserve raised interest rates like it did for the past 13 months, aggressively, north of 5% here, um, then something breaks. And that is usually the value of those bonds. As, as those interest rates went up, yields went up, bond prices plummeted. So the value of the assets in those banks that were hold, held against deposits, when they mark to market them, and that means if they say, if we had to sell those today, what would those be worth? They were not oh. worth enough to cover the depositor. So now- the big one of the big differences is banks have to have enough reserves to be able to even if they have mark to market losses to cover their depositors that's one big thing but those rising interest rates they cause a lot of bank failures that happened way back in in the 70s with continental bank the fed reserve raised interest rates aggressively in the 80s under paul volcker the tallest uh fed chairman out there uh to break inflation which was 12 percent. and guess what orange county california the whole county failed the whole county wow. went bankrupt one of the richest counties in the world went bankrupt. So you raised rates again really aggressively in the past year. We've lost two banks so far. We may lose another. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> F***ing mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.